Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Last week we were talking about, uh, well, actually for the past few weeks, we are talking about how to become more like Jesus, and in that we're looking at what Jesus did and how he lived his life and uh, the things that... I mean, as far as followers of Jesus, we should be doing. Uh, we should be looking at our example. And the scripture is very clear as far as what we're supposed to be doing. We're to imitate, mimic, be like him. And in the world, we do the same exact stuff. Everybody in here is mimic someone. And I know growing up, you get your favorite star, your favorite whoever, and you look at them, an actor, actresses, and you want to be like them. So you try to talk, try to walk, try to speak. You do everything to try to be like them. It's just what we do. If it's a ball player, you, you try to do what they do. You try to you know, dribble the way they dribble, or throw the way they threw. And so you're, you're mimicking, and it's something that we all do. And it's not like we have to be told to do it. We do it automatically. So that's in our DNA. Our DNA is to mimic. And so here, God goes to that place of Scripture to reveal a spiritual truth of success. It's what we do in the natural. It's a spiritual truth, and that is we mimic. We mimic who? Jesus. And that's what we should be doing, mimicking Christ. And so in that, we've been looking at different things that he does and how he lives his life. And so we, last week, we started on the what words come out of our mouth and the importance of seeing this dangerous little enemy, the tongue. And we all been caught up in that little evil thing, haven't we? Yeah. Where we're like going, I'm so nice and I'm so good. And all of a sudden a little, you know, AR-15 comes out of our mouth. And you're like, well, I didn't mean that. Yeah, but what was that, you know? And so we've, we've all been in that position where we're really... Uh, not happy of what we said, um, what we tweeted, what we texted, whatever. The point is, is these words go out and they affect and they hurt and they influence. And they can do the opposite. The reciprocal is they can benefit, edify, build, comfort, encourage, right? Don't you love it when someone says something nice to you, encourages you, builds you up? Hey, good looking. You're looking awesome today. You know, and you're like, yeah, that's cool, you know. Um, but what happens is, is we're not focused on that area as much as we should. We're more in the negative tone. So I, I think it's, it's our responsibility to purpose in our heart to be edifiers. We're supposed to every day, by the way. It's the will of God for your life. You know, everybody wants to know, what's God's will? I can share what his will is right off the bat. Edify, build each other up. Edify, build each other up. Amen. So let's be those type of people. In James 3, 2, he said this. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone never is at fault in what he says, he's a perfect person. In other words, if he never says anything negative, he's perfect. Now, we all know that no one on this earth except Jesus, right? No one on this earth except Jesus. What do I say about perfection? There's no such thing except when you're talking about Jesus, when you talk about him, there's perfection. There's perfect picture. Now, we can look at things that we look to see in our view as perfect and try to emulate that, right? But ultimately, when we look real deep, we see, well, it wasn't that perfect, you know? You get in that perfect car, and you're driving that perfect car with that perfect smell until your first trip to McDonald's, and then it ain't perfect no more. What happened to that perfect? You said it was all perfect. Now it smells like fries. They don't have that smell. They don't have that look anymore. The dirt's on there. And, and, you know, after a month later, it ain't as clean. You've been tired. You don't want to wash it no more. It don't shine like it used to shine. What happened to that perfect thing? You've seen that it isn't really perfect. And so that's what we do. We look at life and, and we, we shortchange ourselves in the position of, belief in perfection. And so we try to strive for something that isn't available because, again, there's no such thing. 
But in the area of Jesus, he's giving us an example that's perfect, but we're striving to be conformed or to be able to become like that. And that's what we're to do. We're to look toward what's perfect and try to reach forward to that. Now, will we become perfect like Jesus in this earth? No. No. Not in the natural. You won't. Now, in him, we're already perfect. But see, in this natural world, we're not perfect in our actions, how we think, how we feel, right? Isn't that true? Spiritually, we're perfect. But in the soul and the body, the natural area, we're not. Far from it. But what does that mean? Do we quit, give up? I'm not perfect. I'm just not going to do it anymore. No, we keep striving. We keep pressing. It's like a child. The child, we're, we're watching children, and we, we're accepting all the mistakes they have because we say they're children. They're children. Did you know when you receive Jesus, the Bible says you become a child? And what does the church do? Grow up, dude. Why are you acting that way? Why are you still talking that way? Why are you dressed that way? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing And totally trashing the child. And that doesn't line up with scripture. It lines up 100% with religion, though. That's the way religion believes. It operates that way. It operates on a judgmental principle, and it's so free to judge. And you, can get, you know a religious person when you get them because they love to talk trash about other people. It's just what they do. And we're not to be that way. We don't want to be that way, right? You don't want people trash talking you. Well, isn't that what Jesus said? Do unto others as what? As they deserve? Didn't he say that? That's my interpretation sometimes. But that isn't, is it? That's not the interpretation. No. So we have to, we have to, we have to work, right? There's going to be a lot of work in this involved. So we understand that in this position, we're able to keep our whole lives in check if we can control the tongue, if we can control the tongue. Jesus said in 1249, he says, I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father sent me, commanded me what to say and how to say it. Jesus comes flat out and says, this ain't me, this is him. What you see is you see in him. Now we see Jesus, we watch his life on earth, and we watch him interacting with people. Who is that? Jesus. Come on, people, follow me on this, because it's so important to understand this. This word gets people, you know, weirded out. Well, you're wanting to be like you, or wanting to be like this, wanting to be like that. You don't leave who you are by taking on an understanding. You don't leave who you are by taking on information. You don't leave who you are by grabbing hold of an of a, of a attitude of heart. You don't leave who you are. It was Jesus, but what he did is he communicated what the Father was wanting communicated. So what did he do? He made a choice that this is the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to live life this way, and I'm going to talk the way he talks. I'm going to act the way he acts. But we saw Jesus. We saw Jesus. In other words, how Jesus sat down with everybody doesn't mean that's how the Father sits. All right? But what he communicated was what the Father says. Isn't that awesome? I love the whole picture of that. I love it, I love it, I love it. I love it when it first um, became real to me because what it did is it transformed my picture of God to a right picture. And that is so important to have that right picture with God, the Father. Everybody has a good picture of Jesus, but most, and I'm talking about Christians, have a bad picture of God. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't do this thing with a bad picture of the Father. It's impossible. Impossible. So we have to get the right picture, and the right picture is look at Jesus. Look at Jesus, and he'll transform how you see God. Thomas went, show us the Father. And it's all good. Show us the Father, Jesus, and, and it, we're done. It's, it's all we need to see. And, and Jesus went, haven't I been with you long enough? I mean, dude, you've been with me for three and a half years. He who sees me sees the Father. Is that awesome? I love that. 
And so what we want to do is we want to strive to become more like him. Now, James continues in verse 3, he says, We put bits in the horse's mouth to make him obey us. We have a rudder on a ship so that the head, the, 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 the captain of the ship can turn the rudder and the whole ship will turn. Now notice what it's talking about. It's talking about the ability to control a large ship and ability to control an animal. And both those are types of us. Both those things. We're the wild animal. We're the horse with the will that says, now I want to do my own thing. I want to do my own thing. But once you get a bit in there, then it has the ability to control your own thing, to do what you're supposed to do. And that's a picture of that. The, the ship is, is what, it's, what, it, what it is coming against. It says it's coming against winds and it's coming against current. So the ship is, represents that you're on a path of resistance, but you have a rudder to be able to help you turn. Understand that when it shows you that picture, it shows you a picture that takes a little longer sometimes. Oh, you're turning. Please, please, I should have a round of applause right there. Because, see, this is where we lose it as Christians. We assume if we're not like this, nothing's working. That's so far from the truth. The truth is, is if you're going this way, but you need for your life's sake, for everything to be better, to go that way, if you're doing this now, you're successful. If you're, Because that is the start of this. But you can't get there unless you do this. Well, I guess you could hop, but we're not talking about hopping. You can't hop in life, right? Unless you're Peter Rabbit, whoever he is. So we see this, and this is very important. Why is it important? Because it's telling us that we have an ability to control something. I don't want us to see just the negative of the tongues of fire set on hell. It's demonic. No, that was scary, wasn't it? But it, that's not the point. The point is, is God saying, this thing can be evil. And everybody in here can go, I know that. Amen? Can, can you remember the times you got hurt by someone's Words, close people to you, husbands, wives, children. I mean, I've seen kids in the store just flat out go, I hate you. And that, they're probably like six years old to their mom. Now, there's no way a mom's going to go, oh, sweetie, that's so cool. They, they laugh it off and smile it off. But inside, you know, you know that stings. That's got to hurt. It's got to hurt, amen? And so you've had words. You've said words. And there's a lot of times where you've spoken words where you've seen the damage, and it made you hurt. Am I talking to anyone in here this morning? How about out there? I know there are a bunch of guilty ones out there. You would have been in the air. So we see this, and it's important to recognize, yeah, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. This is something that I need to pay attention to. Now, important keys about the tongue we looked at. Number one, key one is your words will determine your life. That's a fact. Your words will determine your life. What you say, what you're speaking on your life is, is exactly what you're receiving for your life. Remember, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so when you start realizing, wait a minute, the words I speak, how I'm speaking, it's, it's what, what Scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart. That means it's revealing or establishing the real you. The real you. How many know you can fake the real you? Turn your neighbor and say, it's you. You're at church. You're faking. No. <laughs> I mean, isn't that true? We, we're the best Christians right now in here. The best of the best. Not on the way here and not after we leave here. But right now, come Lord Jesus. I mean, I'm as perfect as you can get right now. But that's because here. Now, you're not going to act the way you were acting Saturday in here or Saturday night or Friday at the job. You, you won't do it here. Why? Why won't you? Because you're making a choice. Everybody say choice. 
You're making a choice. Friday, you are letting go with F-bombs. You're not going to do it here. Why? What? So there, it's just normal, it's just natural, it just comes. Why isn't it now? Because you made a choice. Listen, this is the key to life. We don't want to look at it in this simplicity, in the simpleness of that analogy. We don't want to. We want to say we have no control. I've seen guys, cool as can be in church, and come to me and say, I got anger issues. I got so much anger. I'm going, I haven't seen it. Well, I'm in church. So if you got an anger issue, let it fly, bro. Because they won't. Why? Because it's a choice. It's how you're thinking. It's what you're doing with those thoughts and what you're saying with your mouth. But outside of there, crazy man. How is, why, why, why? Because these are the keys to life. Once you understand that and see how much power you have over your life, I mean, gosh, you're so, you're, you're empowered to be successful. Everybody in here. It's just, we've been conned for so long. And we've allowed ourselves to con ourselves. And we allow other people to con us. We've, we've just, we've sunk the low lows because of we've deceived ourselves. That's why we have to receive this. We have to get in this thing, hear this word, receive it, and allow it to do what it's supposed to do, and that's to change us, to give us a better life, according to the words of Jesus. And I'm going to, I tend to believe him more than everybody, all right? So let's believe him. Is that good? Y'all with me on that? All right. So... Jesus made it very clear about, you know, the mouth. And he let, he let the religious people know about the mouth. And he said, you guys can act any way you want, but what's coming out of your mouth, your heart, that's the proof of who you are. That's the fruit. I love this. When, when the, Jesus says, either make the tree good or make the tree bad. Either make the tree good or make the tree bad. Either way, Make the tree good or make, I love that. I love that. I love that. Why? Because he's telling me I got a choice. He didn't say, you bad tree, you done. If you're a good tree, good for you. If you're a bad tree, going to hell. He didn't say anything like that. He said, either make it good or either make it bad. Oh, I love that. I love it. It's a choice. I'm going to choose to make it good. Amen? He continues on. The tree is known by its fruit. The tree is what? Known by its fruit. You don't know anybody in a superficial atmosphere. You only know them when you're walking in life with them. That's the only time you know people. You don't know your Facebook friends, your Instagram friends. You don't know them. And the ones you really know, you don't even like to follow what? Because you know them, and they know you. You're like going, nah, nah, let's keep that real stuff away. I like this fake me. When I can Photoshop, and the people that know me go, that ain't you. That ain't you. No, I seen you in that outfit. That ain't you. No, no, no. That, I mean, put three of you there, and that's you. But what happens? We don't, we don't, we want this fantasy life. It's not real. It's hurting a lot of people. The only way you're going to get help is the real you come shining through. Amen? And start listening to truth. Start listening to things that will help you. That fakeness will never help you. Never. You're never going to get, you're never going to, get to a level of success what God wants for your life living a fake one. It just ain't going to happen. Amen? It's just not going to happen. Key two, we must overcome, the tongue must overcome contrary forces. And that contrary force is what? The winds, the situations of life, and the wild beast to us. we got to overcome. We can't overcome. we just got to understand it's there. Like I said, out there, you might talk differently. In here, you ain't talking that same way. Now, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to convince you to be nasty in here. I'm just saying you made a choice. You made a choice. You made a choice. And that's good. 
Everybody needs to understand this because there's a lot of evil, mean people out there that are looking at life like this is me. But it isn't. It's the choices they're making. It's the choices they're making. They get to a place where they just assume this is all that's left for me. And it's not true. And, I, hey, I get it. There are, there are a whole lot of people that are hard to convince otherwise. They, they, they went down such a dark tunnel they can't see any light. But my Jesus can bring light in anyone's life. Anyone. Anyone. He can. He can. You open that door to him, he will. He'll make a way. Thank you, Jesus. Key number three, the tongue is small, but it can accomplish some terrible things as well as some great things. Might be small, but it can accomplish some terrible things or some great things. Again, we don't want to just look at the negative because I can guarantee you we can look at that little tongue and say some terrible things have been done with it. But there are also the good things. Understand that, the good things. Amen? Y'all with me on that? Listen, when it comes to words in our life, we've got to understand, we got to use words correctly. we got to use words not to describe our life, but to define our life. To see, we can, we can describe hell on earth. We can describe wasteland. We can describe failure. We can, all, we can describe the messes. But see, that describing is defining. And so what we need to do is we need to start defining ourselves. See, defining myself is going, okay, yeah, but. So that counteracts the mess up. Yeah, yeah, I know I did this, this, and this, but. I define myself, and then we define yourself in a different manner. And yeah, it might look ugly in the beginning because they're so close together. You just lied. Yeah, but I'm not a liar anymore. <laughs> and what do we do? No, dude, you just lied. And that's what people do. We will do all we can to rob you from the ability to change. You know why? Because they're too close. You, 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 you're dirty and you just got clean. They're just too close, too close. And that's what people do. He doesn't do it that way. Jesus doesn't do it that way. Woman caught in the middle of adultery, thrown on the ground. The law, the religious, everything about it says, kill the girl. Jesus says what? Uh-uh. You, 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 without any sin, go ahead and kill away. Go ahead, fire those rocks. No one does anything. What does she do? What does he do? He looks at her and says, where's your accusers? She looks around and goes, heck if I know. I mean, I don't know. That's crazy. And he goes, well, I don't accuse you. What did I just start this off with? Becoming more like Jesus. What did we just see? We saw dirty and clean real close together. What do we do? We are the Pharisees and scribes. You stinking, you no good, rocks, rocks. As long as we're not getting the rocks thrown at us. But we'll pick up rocks. Christians are good at picking up rocks. Sad testimony of the faith, isn't it? We're to be more like Jesus. I guarantee you less rocks are thrown. There it is. That was good, by the way. Didn't you think? Jesus heard the Father and spoke the heart of the Father. Ooh, that's good. Definition of God came right in, right in, right in my face. God is love. Now, God operates in love. God is love. Jesus spoke love. Everything he spoke was words of love. Ooh. I'll go there. That's good. Not this second, but I'll go there. How do we get there? How do we get to this place where we control our lives? How to control your life? 
That's the, that's the statement today. Can I back it up? I believe the Word of God can. I believe in get to place to control our lives, all right? And let me give you some ways to do that because we need to get there. James 1.19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. What are we supposed to do in the beginning? Quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Are you all getting this? Quick to listen, slow to speak. Verse 20, man's acre does not bring anything righteous in life that God desires. It's just you get in your anger, talking about the natural anger, you're going to get goodness of God in your life. All right? It's not going to be there. He says, verse 21, so get rid of, watch this, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives <laughs> and humbly accept the word planted in you for it has the power to save your souls, how to control your life. What has the ability to, to, to save, deliver, set free, heal your mind, your soul, your emotions, your actions on earth? What has? The Word of God. The Word of God is able. Everybody say able. In the Greek word, I don't know why it is even communicated able because it's the lowest defining word for what we're using. Able, in other words, I have ability or I'm able to move this. Okay, I'm able to walk. That is the lowest, lowest definition of what the word is in the Greek language. And in the Greek, it literally is dunamis. And dunamis is where we get a word dynamite. So it literally should be empowered. Because that dunamis in me, because I received Jesus, that empowerment in me, that explosive ability within me. And that's what the Greek language is. That empowered, explosive ability. Not able, for you will be able to do. It's weird, but that's what they did. Now, I think I've seen it like in one of the translations. I don't remember which one. It might be like New Living or one of those where they use the word empowered. That is a good, that is a correct definition of able. Now let's read it in that way. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly, everybody say humbly. Okay, in, that, in the Greek language, being humble means teachable. Teachable, okay? So that we're teachable and we accept the word planted in. In you, would we would we study on Mark, chapter four, Ma, uh, Matthew eighteen? I believe it is. The sower sows the word, and he said, "Here's a parable: a farmer sows seed, and then he defines it. The seed is the word, the word. So the word of God goes forth, and scripturally, everybody in here receives it." Now, there's one ground where the seed lands on a hard heart, but you're still... Now, you might be thinking, well, they don't receive it. No, you're hearing it. Not hearing a noise, you're hearing it where you heard something. All right? You can hear someone go, I am. And you heard a noise, but you didn't hear. But I say, hey, Tim, then you heard. Now, what comes after, hey, Tim... Why aren't you at church? Then that's all different. Thing. No, just kidding. He knows why. He's probably laughing right now. Now, do you hear what I'm saying? In other words, he heard the first noise, but there was no, there's no action. You heard. But, hey, Tim, all of a sudden it goes. Now, that doesn't mean anything is going to be accomplished after, hey, Tim. Everybody in here, I can call your name out, but now you're waiting for what comes after that. Is that it? Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. You know? Hey, PD. Hey, Pastor Dan. Hey, Most Holy Bishop Father of Love Life Church. No. 
You see what I'm saying? In other words, you're waiting to see, you're waiting to see what happens. So what we're doing is, is we're, we're, this is so important because when we're operating in life, we need to get this in a way where we're understanding this word in connection or relevance to my life right now. So it says here that the word of God planted in me has power. The word plant, this is so awesome. The word of God in me has power. Everybody say power. power. Say power out there. Okay. The word of God has power. The planted word of God has power to save. Everybody say save. Do not say, oh, we go to heaven. That has nothing to do with this at all. Save is a word that you have to understand because it has everything to do with success in life right now. It's meaning to be delivered, to be set free, to be healed, to be made whole. That's the word sozo or salvation. We define it at the lowest term, not that it's a low term to go to heaven, but we look at it in such a religious picture, not in the truth of the word, but in a religious concept. And what is heaven? That ain't now. Y'all know that. That's one day up there. But ain't now. So how's that relevant for my life? It's not relevant for my life. It's relevant for hope for future one day, but not for my life today. So how, is I, how am I going to get life and life more abundantly? Because heaven, unless heaven is on earth, as in on earth as it is in heaven, then it's relevant. Then it's relevant. But see, this is what happened. We read religiously, not lifely, religiously. So we miss out on everything. This is telling me something. When I let that word come into my heart and it gets planted in my I got power now. I'm empowered for what? Saving what? Delivering, setting free what? My emotions, my will. This area that I'm dealing with life on, not my spirit, this area where we connect with one another, the way how I treat you, my character. This is so vital to understand because it's telling me something. If this word can get in there, this empowering word, it can do change in my life. It's powerful. Everybody say powerful. powerful. All right, we're getting there. We're getting there. This is how we're going to control our lives. Right here. Quick to listen. Jesus said, do you have ears to hear? Do you have ears to hear? He didn't say, you guys just have ears, I hear. He said, do you have an attitude to hear? Y'all know exactly what that means. If I put the word school in front of it. Once you hear the word school, you understand attitude to hear. How many went to school and sometimes didn't have attitude to hear? Come on. Oh, five of you. Yeah, y'all went to Maryville, those five. All right, so. But the thing is, is what? We are to what? We're to understand, understand that we have attitude. Now, it can be an attitude problem. It can be a good attitude, a bad attitude. How many parents I got in here? You guys understand what I'm talking about when it comes to bad attitude and good attitude, right? In your kids. Good attitude and bad attitude, just like you. Good attitude and bad attitude, Right? Do you have ears to hear? That's what I want. I want want the right attitude. I want to receive something. It's not about, am I a straight-A student? It's about, am I going to listen today? That's all that matters. Am I going to listen today? Straight-A students got their attitude every day. And that's good for them. But what about today? Today I make a change. I want to receive. Amen? I make an attitude correction. So we have to listen correctly. I like this. We, we have to have purposeful listening. In other words, there's a reason for this. The reason to pay attention. The reason to hear. When you come to church, you need to settle in your heart. I got a purpose why I'm coming here. Not to get free lunch from one of these Christians. Someone pay my bill, one of these Christians. 
You have a purpose to get the abundant life working in you. That's how I looked at it years ago. I thought, you know what? I ain't doing church any longer. I'm not doing church the same way. I, I just ain't playing the game no more. Just made a decision. No more, no more. This is different. This is life. If you're going to come here, you're going to get life. You're not going to get church. You're not going to get religious mumbo-jumbo. You're going to get life. And it will work on Monday. Everything you hear here on Sunday, on Spanish Sunday, on Wednesday, is life. It'll work on Monday. I guarantee you. you go through all the teachings, all the teachings. Watch, rewatch all the YouTubes. Everything. It's going to be life. It's going to be something that's going to bless you, benefit you, heal you, set you free. Something. Something in there is going to impact you. I love it. All right. So we saw slow to speak. Slow to speak. Proverbs 10, 19. Hear this. This is great. When words are many, sin is not absent. <laughs> Get around people and just do this. Just wait. Wait for it. Wait. There it is. There it is, you sinning fool. <laughs> the point is, what it's saying there? Remember what sin is? Anybody remember what sin is? See, I, do you, you are you're defining it religiously. You're waiting for them to, you know, the, to cuss or to, they, they said something bad. That, we do, it's, it's a religious concept, sin. It means what? Miss the mark. You get someone doing this, you're going to miss the mark. They're gonna, they'll, they'll miss the mark. That you're going to see it. They, they talk, 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 all of a sudden. And I'm not talking about preaching, by the way. <laughs> no, someone thought that for a minute. Yeah, what are you doing? I ain't missing the mark, yo. All right. When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. How many want to be wise? How many want to be wise? You want to be wise? No, that's not what you do. Holding tongue means. <laughs> Y'all, that was good, I thought. Hold your tongue. Proverbs 17, 27. A truly wise person uses few words. A truly wise person uses few words. I remember um, young in the ministry getting around these awesome men and women of God that just, I looked at them, God, man, I'll never get there. I'll never be, be as awesome as they are. And getting around them, because I used to, like, they'd come to a church I was at or in my church or whatever, and I'd, I'd, I'd want to drive them around. I'd want to be that person who picks them up. I wanted to be around them just so I could hear their wisdom. And you know what would happen? They would hardly talk. And I'm like going, this really sucks. It's the only reason why I'm picking you up. I want you to talk. And I really, I found out that this is what you would see. You'd see these people, and they'd, they would talk to you. You know, how, where do you live? You know, and I'm like going, who cares where I live? Tell me about how you view the next year. You know, and, it's, and, it's, and I saw that, and I experienced that. But then I'd have other guys that would do with me. They'd go with me, or we'd go pick up someone, and all they would do is talk. And what they were doing is they wanted to show him or her what they knew. Every time these people would come or come to the churches I was at to be picked up, they would ask for me. They wouldn't want those other people because those other people, all they would do is, nah, 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 nah. inside them going, shut up, shut up, shut up. Now, I'm not going to do that, but inside, I was like going, let them talk. Let them review, Let them communicate. And I, I, really, I really liked that, but I didn't like the fact that they wouldn't talk. And then you read Proverbs, and you realize. You, you realize why. They're going to talk. They'll talk for 45 minutes or an hour, some even longer than that. But that personal thing, you're wanting to get it, but it doesn't really come alive. A truly wise person uses few words. Even fools, watch this, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. <laughs> even a fool can trick you. I mean, that fool can be hanging around you and not talking. You're going to go, that's a wise fool. 
All because they're not talking. You ever notice that? That's interesting. Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. Gentle answers turn away rage, but harsh words stir up anger. Gentle answers turn away rage. Harsh words stir up anger. The tongues of wise people give good expression to knowledge, but the mouth of fools pour out a flood of stupidity. Well, let's just think about that for a minute. Okay, that's long enough. Moving right along. So we've got to be what? Quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Y'all got that? Quick to listen, slow to speak. So what are we going to do once service is over? We're going to listen better, right? We, we, will, we will challenge ourselves not to do this. I'm not talking about zip your lip and don't say a word. I'm talking about we're going to be more wise what comes out of our mouth. We're going to be open to hear, open to hear, open to hear. And I don't want you to become judgmental when that person's talking to you and going, what a fool, what a stupid fool in your head. I don't want you to do that, all right? We don't want to be that. But what we want to be is we want to be people that recognize the scripture's real, the scripture's real, all right? Quick to listen, slow to speak. Next, we got to accept the planted word. Accept the planted word. Remember, the word can be planted, but we've got to get it to the place where it's in good ground. The word's planted. Our, we're dirt. This is dirt. Now, it can be hard dirt. This is what has complicated spiritual truths. Spiritual truths become dumbed down to one meaning. And we define it by one meaning. So we do this. I'm hard ground. And we define ourselves everywhere as hard ground. That is the deception of religion. Because that's how we roll with this stuff. There's nothing in life that operates that way. Nothing at all. You are good in areas and bad in others. Everybody in here, I don't care who you are, no one's bad at everything. No one. There's something you're good at. Could be being good at bad, whatever. But I'm just saying, no, I'm just being real. You are good at something. Something you're good at, and you might have more than bad. Whatever. That's not the, that, the case is this. Not everybody's all good or all bad. So when we read the Bible, we have to pay attention to this word in the same manner. When it says, some have hard hearts, some has stony hearts, some have weedy hearts, and some have good hearts. Well, guess what? Your life has one of these grounds in certain areas. All that is is helping you understand. This one area, you might be a hard-hearted person. Where that seed of information hits you, and you're like going, whatever, I don't agree. And it's just hard. And this ground might be, I get it, I receive it, this is good. But you're not mature in this. So because you're not mature, you're not going to get the success, production of that ground. Why? Because you're growing, you're still maturing. You look at your child, they get information, they're this on it. As they get older, they become more solid in that. And we get it, and we're like going, yeah, that's life. Exactly. It's life. And then there's the other words. You know you got some weeds in there. Man, those weeds are choking out that stuff. And you know, I should get rid of this, and I got to get rid of this friend, and I got to get rid of this person. I got to get rid of this job. I got to get rid of this book. I got to get rid of this, this follower. I got to get, you know, you're just pulling out weeds, pulling out weeds. You don't look at that weeds that way. You don't look and go, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. No, it's nasty. They're no good. And you got to get rid of them. Amen? Y'all with me on this? All right. <clears throat> Let's take a closer look at the relationship with God's Word in your life. There are seven vital functions of God's Word. Seven vital functions of God's Word. We're talking about the seed enters the heart. See, God's Word enters the heart. I want you to see seven vital functions of God's word. Number one, the word is enlightening. The word is enlightening. God's word is enlightening. The first thing God does, first thing, before anything else is created, he said, let there be what? Light. First thing he does, light. Light is number one. Light is boom. There's the revelation. 
There's the enlightenment. Let there be what? Light. Let there be what? Light. So the word of God enlightens. Psalms 119.130. The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding. The what? The unfolding of the word of God, the words that come out, the words that are received in your heart, they what? Give light. Light is so vital to life. And light is important for your life. Light in understanding. Light in information. I need light on the subject. I need what? Light. I need answers. And that's what light will do. The word of God brings light into life. We have a dark world out there. We're what? We're to be light. Well, how are we going to be light being old us? You can't, can you? There's no light there. Well, what do you mean there's no light there? There's no operation of enlightenment. And that's the Lord of God. It enlightens you to what? To spiritual truth. It enlightens you to the life of God. It enlightens you to ultimate truth. It enlightens you to the understanding of the kingdom and its principles. It does so much to where you look at life in a different way. So the word is enlightening. Key number two. The word is nourishing. The word of God becomes nourishment to us. People look at that and go, how can it nourish you? It, it, it's the same in the natural. How does food nourish you? you it's, it's energy. It, it's, you know, there are times when my kids, you know, they'll be at, at school or, or at church and they're dragging a little bit in the morning and go, did you, did you eat? No. And why? Well, what happened? See, the thing is, is that getting that food in, all of a sudden there's energy. There's the body's going, good, I need this to move forward, okay? You don't need a lot, but you need something in there, right? And that fuel is going to be burned. So in the spiritual, it's the same thing. We need that spiritual nourishment. That's the word of God does. It'll feed you. It'll feed you. Everybody understand this? It will feed you. It will feed you. So... Matthew 4, 4, the Lord said, man shall not live, women shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's where our life should be tied to that. It can help so many issues in our life if we just put God's word priority, priority one in us. That's, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, and this is this is the greatest truth I could give you, one of the greatest truths. You become less religious, not more religious, receiving the word of God. When you become more religious, you're not receiving God's word. You're defining religion. Receiving the word of God will make you an influencer. It'll make you an impactor. It'll make you a builder, an encourager. It'll make you a position where you won't quit and give up. It does so many awesome good things, but that's what the real word of God will do. It won't make you a judger. It'll give you life, and that's what we want, do we not? So the word nourishes us. Man shall not live by bread alone. People shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Do we not want the attitude of Jesus? I mean, they wanted Jesus to, you know, hey, Jesus, we've got Chick-fil-A. Come on. You know, he's like going, I, I don't I don't need it. The disciples are so cool. Not. Um, but they're, they're like, you know, Jesus, you got to eat, man. And they're, they're, he's like going, no, nah, I don't need to. I'm, I, I already ate. And they're like going, who fed him? I didn't feed him. Did you feed him? Peter, did you run ahead of us and feed him? Are you trying to take all the glory? And they're all, they're all getting on each other like, who fed Jesus? They don't even get it. And he's like, you know, I look at Jesus and I think, he's so cool just because if I was Jesus, I'd be smacking some heads. <laughs> Got me. Number three, the word is strengthening. The word is strengthening. 
The word will bring strength to our spirits. Understand this. Um, when it comes to strength, it's more than spiritual strength in the sense of I'm spiritually strong. Understand this. When you become spiritually strengthened, it brings health to the flesh. It brings health to the mind. It brings health to the body. So this spiritually strengthening isn't this super spiritual view of watch me praise the Lord. No, it's a place of when you are spiritual in the sense of mature, you're strengthened in that area that, that overcomes the old man, the old person, the old ways, the old nature. All those negatives that you don't like, all those negatives you look at and go, I wish I didn't, I wish I wouldn't, I wish I could. Building up your inner man helps you deny the old man, the old woman. Helps you push it back and go, nah, we don't do that no more. But see, it's not this, uh, it's more of a strength, empowerment. To really going, no, I'm good, I'm good. And I'm sure many of you have been in positions where you're at that place. Now, some of those you might not be. But what does that do? It's a revealing just revealing. You're weak in that area. What are you going to do about it? I'm a loser. I'm not a dumb terrible. Okay, you want to play that game? That's the world. In the kingdom of God, we don't do that. In the kingdom of God, we look at the weak area and go, okay, what do you do? Say, I'm strong. Then that what scripture says? What does the weak say? I am strong. What happens? You're defining yourself. No, no. All right. I was weak. I own up to my weakness. But that's not who I am. I'm strong. I'm overcomer. I'm doing this the right way. Listen, it's all about this. It's all about this. I, I was listening to this, this science professor slash doctor guy. And he was talking about how 80%, 80 to 90% of all pain Talking, this is proven fact. 80, 80 to 90% of all pain is all here. That's crazy. That is crazy. Is that amazing? And you might be going, how could that be? I'm not talking about it's all in your head. In other words, fake. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about it's here. And when this is in control, you can be able to handle whatever's happening in your body and not... We don't all have the same um, pain levels. I mean, I've seen people bump their, you know, knee and go, I'm going to die. Oh, I'm going to die. Get an ambulance. You know, going, dude, you just bumped your knee. And then I've seen some of them, their kneecaps ripped off, and they're going, ah, let's go. Let's do this thing. Have you not seen that stuff? Maybe not extreme, but I've had it. I've done it. I've done it in sports. I've, I've been, I've, I've, played football and had a concussion and, and played. Didn't even know I had a concussion. I've had broken, I've broken fingers and played and kept playing. Now, what does that make me? Superman. No. What, <laughs> what, it, I, have a, I have a high threshold of pain. I mean, I literally do. I've, I've slammed my face into a, a, a telephone pole just because I wanted to. No, because... <laughs> Because I was playing a game, and there's a pole on the side of the field. I caught a pass, and bam, right into the pole. Broke my nose. I can show you my bone. It's right there. But, yeah. And, um, and, and I got up, and my nose was bleeding and everything, but I, I kept playing. Now, that's crazy, huh? But there are other areas where I've stubbed my toe, and I wanted to quit. I wanted to, I, I'm not living life no more. Now, how come? How come that? But how come the stubbing that toe, I was like going, I don't deserve to live. What is that about? Here. Here. The other one was a macho pain. Macho, macho pain. And this one was a wimpy, I'm at night banging my little toe into things. It ought not to be so. And it's a wimpy one. It's just crazy. Here. All here. All here. I teach my boys when they're little. Come on, get up, throw some dirt on it. <laughs> I had to get them to understand there's going to be pain, but this emotionalism is going to draw out that pain that's not really as pain as you think it is. 
And there are times when they had pain, where, you know, there's a lot of scraping going on. And there's a lot of pain. I remember in, in um, seventh grade, I made a ramp, me and my friends in the street, and I, we were jumping this ramp. And we were trying to I go, I'm going to go over garbage cans. A couple garbage cans, laid them out, built the ramp. I'm going, we're going to do this. And I'm fast I can, up in the air, and my wheel came out the front. I went straight in there and slid, and I'm, listen, growing up in Phoenix, you wore, you wore shorts, nothing else on. I mean, you had shorts, no shoes, no shirt, that's, you know, I'm born and raised here. And I got, I'm hurting, I'm just, and, I, and it's like, okay, okay, it's all good, you know, I had a little tear here and there. And my friend, I was supposed to spend the night at his house. So I spent the night at his house that night with all those rash, that, that rash on me. And I don't know what happened, but it started major pain later on that night. And I'm at his house. And I just, I started crying like a little baby, just crying my house. And I cried walking all the way home, crying, crying. And my mom heard me. This is like, I don't know me, but it's like, 12, 11, 30, 12 at night, and my mom heard me. <laughs> I'm a seventh grader. Crazy, crazy. But I could handle that pain for that time, but then the other part, I couldn't handle it. So again, right here in the head, right? The word strengthens, brings health to the body. 1 John 2, 14 says this, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you, you overcome the evil one. The word of God abides in you, overcome the evil one. 2 Corinthians 6, 7, the word of truth is the power of God. Hebrews 1, 3, Jesus held all things together by the power of his word. So the word of God is powerful, amen? The word of God is powerful. Number four, the word is washing. The word is washing. Ephesians 5, 26, 27 says this, that he, Jesus, might sanctify her, the church. That he, Jesus, that Jesus might sanctify the church by cleansing her with the washing of the water of the word of God. How does Jesus cleanse the church? By the washing of the word of God. He did this to present to her to himself, a glorious church. Now watch this. This is very powerful. A lot of people miss this whole, this, whole, this whole scripture. Think about it. We're the church, and Jesus washes the church, us, with the water of the word. Now notice this. It says this. He presents to his church, you, without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Without what? Spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. How does he do that? By washing her, us, with the word of God. Now, people, if you're going to pay attention to that, all of a sudden you start looking at this thing going, wow, salvation's a lot deeper than I thought it was. In other words, it's very, very secure. Because even this scripture proves it. How does it prove it? Well, it's talking about the church, his perfect bride. And what's he doing to that perfect bride? He's washing it. Why would he have to wash it? It's perfect. What is he washing? Spots and wrinkles. Well, spots are outside blemishes. Wrinkles are inside corruption. Think about that. Jesus washes us from outside and inside. And blemishes is an imperfection, right? Why would he have to wash a perfect church if we're perfect? But see, that's what we're looking at. We've got to look at what does the Word of God say? His Word washes my outward and inward perfection, imperfection, washes it. i got a blemish, it's washing it. He washes it what? What the Word of God? What Word is he doing? He's probably going, went on the cross, died for you. Sinless, died for you. No curse on your life, I died for you. I paid the price, I died for you. We all want it. Now I work my way to heaven. Oh, I didn't sin. I didn't do this. I should go to heaven. No, no, no. Everything Jesus did. It's what he did. You are saved by grace, not by works. Lest some of you will boast. Amen. Number five, the word is building. The word builds up. 
God's word builds up. Acts 20, 32 says this. And now I commit to you, God, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. The word is able to what? Build you up. What's able? What's able? Empowerment. God's word empowers. It's got the power to what? Build you up. How many need some building up? You get up on a Monday morning. Don't you, sometimes you need building up. What about the middle of the week? Hump day, hump day. You need some building up? Anybody need a building up? Listen, this, what I say this word is for. Monday. It's for life. Is it not for life? You need some building up? Let's get the word of God working. Amen. The word of God is complete and perfecting us. It's completing and perfecting us. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture. Everybody say all scripture. All scripture is God-breathed, profitable, teaching, conviction, correction, instruction in righteousness. So that you, men and women of God, so that you, men and women of God, all scripture, so that you, men and women of God, will be complete. Everybody say complete. Fully equipped. Say fully equipped. For every good work. That's what you are. This is what the word of God will do. I feel like a loser. I'm just like, get the word going. Get the word going. Get the word in you. Get that word working in you. What I hear Sunday, I got to remember what Pastor was talking about. It's something, he had something about zits or something. I don't know. No, don't be, don't be thinking about that unless you got one. Then make up. Make up. All right. Moving right along. Number seven. Last one. This is a big one for everybody in here. Big one for everybody out there. All of them are big ones. But this is something I think we need to hear. The word is healing. 107, Psalms 107.20, he sent his word and healed them. He did what? The word of God is talking about Jesus. He sent his word, John 1.1, 1, 1, the word became flesh. The word was God. The word, word, the word was God. The word was with God. John 1.14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word. The word was sent to heal us. The word was sent to do what? Heal us. But the truth is the truth. we got to start taking care of our bodies. And, everybody say and, because the and is a big one. And receive what God has given us. A covenant of health. It's ours. Salvation is mine. Health is mine. It's mine. It belongs to me. I receive Jesus. It's already mine. But it doesn't, it doesn't eliminate a wise choice. I can be walking in perfect health, but put on a dumb head and just go run out in the street without looking and some car hit me. Yeah, but I got a covenant of health. How stupid is that? But see, this is what the church has turned into. We're, we need to wise up. Wise up. We need to recognize our responsibility to, to be healthy in and out. I want you healthy. Most all deaths are because of underlying stuff, underlying sickness, underlying disease. And I get that. The body's been broken down. The body has other, other invaders. But a lot of this is happening because we're not staying healthy this day and age think about this day and age you drive around neighborhoods how many kids you see out playing and running and it don't it's i don't care what neighborhood you go to why what happened everything's inside everything's computer everything's ipad iphone I, everything when i grew up no kids were inside none none it was like it's just like, it's a jungle out there. I mean, we're all over the place. And it slowly went away. Slowly went away. I'm telling you, there is always going to be an agenda by the enemy and this world system to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus says, but I've come to give you life. But that life demands us to live with wisdom. I want you all to understand the importance of eating correctly, taking supplements, 
exercising. I'm not telling you to go sign up for a gym or buying that, that you know, chest builder. I'm talking about, that's all a waste of money. It's just going to be closet clutter. Just getting up and walking, elevating your heart rate. Start doing something. You need to. Your body needs it. And as you do that, you're, this thing is special, people. God created and said, it's very good. And this very good body has the ability to overcome everything. But we've got to get to the place where we allow it to become what it's supposed to become. We intertwine wisdom, our natural abilities to say no to the cookie. Not all the time. I'm just saying, not all the time. Control, right? And be able to receive yes to the covenant of health. And in that covenant of health, I got some power. The Bible says, any sick among you, let him call forth the elder of the church. He'll anoint with oil and prayer the prayer of faith. Well, there's also the position of my ability to speak forth in the name of Jesus, because I believe that. I believe with all my heart. I believe I'm empowered to do that. So if you're dealing with any sickness or you're dealing with anything in your body, out there, I want you to stretch forth your hands right now. And here, I want you to stretch forth your hands right now. I'm going to speak words of life in you. In the name of Jesus, I believe, I know. I've been empowered, and I have the power to speak forth words of life. And in the name of Jesus, I speak forth healing. Healing into every person that stretches forth their hands to my hands right now. You hear my voice. You reach forth your hand. My hands are connecting to you in the name of Jesus, and I believe with all my heart. The power of health is going forth into your body. Sickness, disease, viruses are bowing their knee to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the covenant of what he did on the cross. I speak healing. I speak life. And I say you will restore. You will overcome. You will strengthen. And victory is yours. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Praise God. I believe that, and so we're dismissed. Amen. Love you guys. See you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.